The Diabetes Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without first speaking to your doctor. Hey, Diabetes. Welcome back. We are here for our second episode of Boxes Up. And me and Garrett are next to each other this time. I know. Garrett came down um, to visit me in St. Louis and uh, catch up with some friends too. And so it's nice to nice to be in the same room with right. you. Right, yeah, not over Zoom. Yeah. This is probably only the, well, the first, what, three, five episodes we did in person. Mm-hmm. And then uh, last year I came once. Did we actually record an episode nah, then? I don't think we did. No, we just talked about things. Yeah. So this is, since... We released the podcast over a year ago. This is the first time we're actually recording an episode in person, which is exciting. Yep. And then on top of that, just, you know, the way we're recording it is just way different than the very first five episodes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, this actually, this dumbass, yeah. uh, actually recorded, was the first episode you didn't hit record or something like no, that? No, it was the wires weren't plugged in or something. Oh, and anyway, so the speaker wasn't plugged in, yeah. so it was all because there was like this all this whole fancy like contraption that we were borrowing from somebody else. Of course, I had never done any of this before, and so I just assumed because I could see the volume thing going up and down. I'm like, oh, it's recording, and then we get to the end, and nope, we had to do it all over again. Right. So uh, on this episode, of boxes up. Got it right. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna be kind of. We just got finished done working out. Uh, today we did a workout yesterday. We thought we'd just kind of go through it and what our blood sugars were doing, and just kind of have a good old time since uh, it's a quick trip. And yeah, so that's really why you know why we wanted to come down was just to hang out, work out, record an episode together, and just uh, be down not in Wisconsin for myself a little bit. So, yeah, get some nicer weather. Right. So what did what was the workout yesterday? What did we do? Yeah. So yesterday was a pretty intense workout. Um, so we, we worked out with a friend here in St. Louis, uh, Dr. Tony Katakis, and um, we, we've always, I mean, we always work out with each other when, when Gary comes down, so um, usually when we work out with him, it's more of like a athletic, slow pace um, type of workout, but it was more of like a, almost like a CrossFit type workout where it's very high pace and kind of a conditioning type mm-hmm. feel to it, um, so we did... Uh, like 20 cows on the assault bike. Mm-hmm. Well, it was first it was what's referred to as a AMRAP. Okay. So it was as many ra- rounds as possible. Yeah. Uh, which was weird. Yeah, it was more CrossFit-y, which is weird because he doesn't even do CrossFit. Yeah. So uh, he just said he needed it. So yeah. he just, just he made up this workout at the fly. And he does sports chiropractic. So he's yeah. got this big facility. He's got access to all these fun things. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so we did... Uh, the t- 20 calories on the assault bike. Then the next one was, um, was it mace hammers on the on the tire, um, uh, five per side. And then we did ball slams, and then as many pull ups as you can do. And then that was one round, and you just do that as many rounds as you can. We did that for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So Grady won. He was he ended up getting completing nine rounds i was into my eighth round and then tony and another friend of ours uh i don't know what they were at but they got third and fourth yeah they fell behind <laughs> the dive buddies were <laughs> yes. were the stronger ones yes 
So, uh, anyways, what was your blood sugar doing? Yeah, so a little bit before that, we ate because yeah. we Huge hadn't meal. we hadn't really eaten for a while. Yeah, um, and so we ate you know a decent amount, and so I took some insulin for that. And before we started the workout, because we did do like a little bit of a warm up where we just kind of threw the ball around and ran routes with the football, and so that ended up bringing my blood sugar down a little bit mixed with the insulin that was kicking in from the meal and so before we started i was a little bit low like into the 70s so it's like that's not too low but going into a workout especially when it's going to be pretty intense um so i drank a juice box then and then through the workout surprisingly it was fine like didn't really drop low in the workout even though it was pretty intense and then afterwards though um, probably about 10 minutes afterwards is when it finally started um, dropping. Or I shouldn't say dropping. I should say getting low because I didn't have my sensor on. So mm. I was feeling low at that moment. So I went and checked it and ended up drinking another juice box. And then afterwards, as somewhat of a cool down, even though we played for like two hours, we played spike ball for two hours. <laughs> and through that, I ended up drinking two more juice boxes by the end of the night. So... Um, so yeah, it was really cardio intensive. Yeah. So, and how many times did you actually end up checking your blood sugar during that time? Uh, so for the most part, while we were playing spike ball, I think I checked it one time, but then I think the last time I could just feel it getting low again. So I ended up just drinking a juice box, um, just because I could feel it. Sure. Um, and then I knew we were going to go out to eat, so I was going to be checking it then anyway. So yeah. So total of. So total of, I think three times. Mm. So right before, uh, right after, and then one di- one time during the spike ball. Yeah. So around, so when we were eating, my blood sugar was like stable before the workout, and and Dr. Grady's been doing carnivore, so you've been pretty much eating meat. You have some veggies yeah. in there, but you've been doing that for a few months. Yeah. So we had a steak. Uh, how about how many ounces was that? They're pretty thin, yeah, so they were thin. probably like no eight ounces, maybe eight ounces. So eight ounces steak, and then two chicken thighs. Were those thighs? Yeah, and two chicken thighs. So that was the pre-workout meal. <laughs> go go this, pass the ball around, do a little spike ball talking, and then the AMRAP. Um, so my blood sugar was actually pretty steady going into that, but I felt like I was going to go low, and I knew we were going to do some cardio, so I actually took my pump off during that time and then once we did the i forgot at what point i put it back on i think during the amrap i ended up putting it back on because it was like 30 40 minutes of us just kind of messing around Mm -hmm. before we actually then got into it and my blood sugar was starting to kind of creep back up so i didn't have a juice box i didn't have any glucose tabs i brought those with me but i didn't have any of those so your approach was you're staying level you're not changing your basal you're not taking off your pump let me have a juice box my approach was let me mitigate my insulin i took that off and then i just kept going mm-hmm. and then my blood sugar kind of crept with the low was counteracted i would say and then it would start to go back up and then from there it kind of started creeping up and then with a hit workout like i've explained on a couple other podcasts and like we've talked about you're gonna have an increase in cortisol adrenaline and you're going to have, gl- have more glucagon release. The degree of what glucagon release in a type 1 is interesting 
debate and conversation. Yeah. But nonetheless, your blood sugar goes up. Mm-hmm. So my blood sugar actually started to go up during the workout, where his was continuing to go down. He was having those juice boxes. And then somehow my pump uh, rent was starting to run out of insulin. So that just started making it go up a lot more, yeah. too. Uh, so you were fighting lows during that workout last night. I was fighting highs. Um, and so, which was an interesting counteraction, especially since we did a spike ball, which is just like volleyball. You can say with a small ball, uh, for, you know, probably another hour and a half after that. So just constantly moving. We were all competitive. We were diving on the turf and whatever else. So it was, it was a fun old time, but it was a lot of cardio. You were fighting the lows. Because of how I ran out of insulin, because I took my pump off, which I normally wouldn't do, I would normally just reduce it, and ended up going much higher. And I was fighting highs the rest of the night. Yeah. How were you also fighting them like much after as well? Well, that well that's when I ran out of insulin. Yeah. So we talked about when you run out of insulin too. You essentially have one of two options. I chose the lesser option. Was one you could you could fast or just not eat. Right, but after the workout, we ended up going to a restaurant. I was like, "Well, I don't want to, I don't want to not order anything now." <laughs> and uh, it was really, really good food. And so I got a more meat and veggie based, but still, even if you're eating no carbs, which I still had some carbs, uh, <laughs> but even if you're eating no carbs in a state like that, that's going to still affect your blood sugar. Yeah. So the best thing to do were, were me to not eat, but I'm human, and I was living in the moment. And I decided to have some good tasting pork uh, is what I ended up eating. And so I was, to answer your question, I was fighting highs continuing after that because I was out of insulin and I was eating. Now I got to ask you this question. Okay. Because I've noticed this with my pump. So it tells me I'm out of insulin. Like it says estimated zero. Mm -hmm. However, I know I'm not actually out of insulin. Like I'm not out of insulin until it says insulin flow is blocked. Oh. That's when I'm out of insulin. So I just keep going. Like I don't always keep going until I'm like it till, till it says that. Depends yeah. on the situation. Like if I if I have plenty of time and I'm not I know I'm not going to be rushed in when it does finally go out, mm-hmm. then I'm like I'll just keep going. Like if it's mm-hmm. if it's like right before bed and I get that zero mm-hmm. timing and I just like do a quick calculation in my head like am I going to have enough insulin to get to the rest of the, to morning? I'm like, all right, I'll just, I'll just leave it in, and it should be fine. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't play around with that. I know you found that to be true. You might be better at getting the bubbles out of the reservoir than I am. <laughs> it, knowing your personality, it might just be completely clean. Yeah. There might be zero bubbles whatsoever. Every nurse would be like, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> uh, where I'm pro- like, I just I, I try to get no bubbles, but I'm sure there's still some volume of air that's there. Yeah. So maybe that's it, whatever volume there, it pushes through. Right. So maybe at that point you are in the risk area of just pushing air. Yeah. And so that's, I just, it kept going high and I didn't give myself a full correction. Cause I knew I definitely didn't have the units that I needed to do my correction. Yeah. So, so no, I don't, I don't play with that. I know you, it's funny. The things that I walk the line on versus you, yeah well it's like because i did i just kind of fell into that where like i just assumed oh yeah i'm out of insulin but then there was a time i think that i was out of insulin but didn't have an opportunity to like change it right away mm-hmm. so i'm like all right well i'm just gonna give a bolus or whatever or just leave it in and just see what happens 
and like it ended up being like I, f I figured out it's about like 10 extra units that I'll have mm. after that zero hits. Wow. Well, I think, you, and I remember you telling me that years ago too. I just haven't tried it. Yeah. Or I think I have, but I didn't like it. I don't know. It's not enough to actually change my blood sugar. Yeah. For whatever reason. So my guess would be the bubbles. Yeah. So eventually though, we, I changed the insulin and came crashing down as you do typically when you're high and out of insulin and then only rebounded slightly in the after the morning woke up at like with 43 something like that middle of the night did a correction and i woke up at like 150 and pretty much once we ate breakfast pre-workout and then we just did this workout uh i stayed around 150 to 130 on how i ended up bolusing for that meal nice. throughout the workout so pretty pretty steady um which you could say is then you know, advantageous for coming after something so high and low afterwards, mm -hmm. opposed to just kind of fighting lows, maybe something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, like, as far as my blood sugar, I, well, I think I got a little bit low after or right before bed, and I think it was more due to over bolusing for um, the uh, dinner that we ate because. I I guess I'm a control freak, so I only really eat my own food, so I never really eat out. Yeah. And so when I do eat out, I always usually end up over bolusing. The waitress was giving you shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I usually end up over bolusing because they always put stuff in. They always put sugar like in the sauces or on their yeah. glaze or whatever yeah. it is, and so I always take. Like, figure out what I would normally take for that type of meal if I were to make it, and then, like, add, you know, several units on top of that. Wow. That's, no, that's actually a really good a good suggestion. So I just want to repeat it. Yeah. So when you're going out to eat, because you're assuming they're going to – it's a restaurant. They want to make it taste good. There's some kind of sugars in the sauces. It's cream mm -hmm. somehow, even if you're avoiding dairy, whatever. You just add how many more? It's it, depends, it depends on how much I think is on there. So, like, you have some places where you order a steak or you order a chicken or what, like whatever meat, and there's some sort of glaze on there. You know, some people, like, some places just douse it in mm. that glaze or that sauce yeah. or whatever it yeah. is. And so it's like, well, if there's that much on there and it tastes fairly sweet, I'm going to add, like, three or four units on top of that. Yeah. Last night... There wasn't a thick glaze. There wasn't a lot of it. So I added like an extra two units on top of it. Okay. Um, and so it ended up being probably just a tad too much. Not like a lot where it crashed me really hard. It was just like just barely got low. I'm like, all right, I need a little bit to help me out there. So it, so to summate, because the sugars on sauces, when you're out at a restaurant, you're not making it. So you overestimate and if not even add to your carb calculations, your whatever calculations you're doing yeah. for your insulin. Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's a really good suggestion. Yeah. Because many probably, especially if you're newer, newly diagnosed, might be coming, going to a restaurant and be like, why am I so high? Well, there could be lots of reasons for yeah. that, in all honesty. But that's, if you're kind of dialed in, that's a great thought to have. Yeah. I've never even thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So what was the workout? What did we do today? Yeah, so today we... Did more of like a, I'll say bodybuilding type workout. Yeah, I would say that too. Yeah, so we did um, back day. Uh, we started off with 
bent over rows. Which I don't know how you can do a back day without deadlifts, but that's just me. Yeah, that's our that's the argument that we had to start off. We with. We did. It. Yeah, you were pretty. It was pretty aggressive. I <laughs> do not believe that deadlift is a primarily back lift. You you use most of your you use your legs for most of the contractile part of the lift. Mm-hmm. The back is more isolation where you're just bracing and not actually can. But there's so much extension once you get there too. What is but it you're, like you're extending with your glutes. You're pushing your hips forward and extending with your glutes. Yeah, but your glutes impact your back. They do. But if you're contracting your glutes, then your back doesn't have to do as much. Um, but you also have squats. So squat is, uh, if we were doing a leg day workout, you think squat. And that's going to take lots of time. There's variations of squat. So why would you have, there's so much more to do with legs. And then that just doesn't make so sense. So I do squat. The other leg day that I do is then deadlift because that hits my posterior chain on my legs uh-huh. versus squats going to hit a posterior chain but then also a lot of anterior chain yeah well point is we were arguing <laughs> again whether Della logs on a back day i would yeah. still say yes but whatever ultimately we did not do it yeah we did not do deadlift yeah <laughs> uh so we were doing a lot of bent over rows um a lot of a lot of sets of those Dumbbell, no, not dumbbell. Yeah, we did dumbbell rows, seated cable rows, lap pull downs. Um, so yeah, bodybuilding type stuff. Um, yeah. You know, lots of more reps than I would do. Like we were doing like fifteen reps, mm-hmm. and then a decent amount of sets. Too. Yeah, so much, was, yeah, much lower intensity workout. than the night before. Mm-hmm. Right, minus that one when we were doing a, what was that a, superset. We were going, we were for a while, we were going at a good pace and we were just yeah. kind of not really breaking. That was good. Mm. So that was actually kind of higher heart rate. Yeah. So, all right. So what, what was the, your blood sugar doing during that bodybuilding workout? Yeah. So again, kind of like before, like the night before we ate before we um, worked out and we ate pretty heavy breakfast. Yeah. Um, actually probably heavier than I normally do. But for whatever reason, I was hungry, and I know Garrett likes to eat a lot, so I'm I like, oh, I'll just eat. I'll just make a lot, and then we'll eat a lot. That's yeah. fine. And now it's at the point, even after the workout, where I'm, I'm not hungry, but I still want to eat. Almost, <laughs> a, almost like a habitual thing, and so yeah. many people can relate to that. Sometimes people just eat because it's yeah, they, a habit. It's a habit, and mm-hmm. it's like oh, I want to eat right now, but I don't feel like I need to eat. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, it was big. It was a really big pre-workout meal this morning. Yeah. Yeah, luckily we didn't do something super cardio heavy because that would not right. have sat well. Yeah, so, so it was, well, yeah, you had seasoned beef, well, eggs. Well, it was just ground beef, eggs, and I put salt and pepper on those. And then we had some turkey bacon. Mm, but a lot of it. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> if you had to guess the ounces in just the bowl that we both had, how many of beef and eggs, how much was that? Well, so I cooked... A full pound of beef, so that's probably a half pound each. Yeah. And then it was nine eggs total, so that's four and a half eggs oh, wow. a piece. <laughs> and then we each had a package of turkey bacon, which I think is <laughs> eight <laughs> ounces or something. Yeah, wow. So it was a lot. It was a lot of meat. It was a lot. A lot of meat. Uh... <laughs> yeah, Garrett's a growing boy, so I want to make sure he had plenty of food to 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 grow yeah i gotta catch up to this guy so <laughs> uh so yeah we ate all that food so then how did you do and i actually asked you this question yeah right so i was asking you about uh how many units would you give for a meal like this 
And and so how how did you answer that? Yeah. So so for usually, nor sometimes I eat that full meal if I'm super hungry in the morning. Um, but oftentimes I don't. So oftentimes I just have that um, beef and eggs, and then separately I'll have the turkey bacon. So when I think about it, I think about it in those two things. So with the eggs and beef, I usually need to boil us about two units for those. And then also for the turkey bacon, I usually need to boil us two units for that. Now, depending on your body, yeah. um, and, you know that may be different. Plus, at the same time, how you then dose that may need to be different as well because... Um, with with meat and fat, and we talked a lot about that too, as far as mm-hmm. fat content yeah. and the type of meat and how that affects when the blood sugar ends up spiking or coming up um, or not. And so, and that ultimately really does depend on the person yeah. because um, everybody's digestive system is going to be different and absorption is going to be different. Right. Um, so that that's something you have to tease out for yourself and just kind of experiment and narrow in on. But for me. And it kind of changes between people too, because when I initially started like a carnivore primary diet, which has been like since November last year, so like five months. Yeah, probably. Okay. And um, when I first started that, it was much more like a slow reaction to where, like I wouldn't bullish right away for it. I would wait maybe like thirty minutes, maybe an hour, and, and then bullish because that spike would happen happen much later. So if I would bullish at the time of the meal, I would actually drop low, and then I would drink a juice box or something, and then I'd start spiking really high. So um, so you have to kind of time it right as well um, when you start eating those low carbs and dealing with more protein content or fat content and seeing how your body responds to those things. Yeah, so, and we even, there's not even a whole lot of, not even just clinical practice information out there. The biggest thing, and I will continue to echo as, as you just did, so depends on your body, uh, so unique. But, uh, you know, there's no real data out there about bolusing for protein. I think there is now. I think I've seen a PubMed and published literature that it is recognized that protein will raise blood sugar in type 1 diabetics, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to clinically really, you, you what to do with that information. Yeah. Um, and I'm... You know, I think it's a combination of those two things, but said in a different way, is the amino acid profile in the meats and proteins you're eating, plus the digestion rate, which isn't heavily impacted by the the amount of protein plus the amount of fat. Yeah. Then you throw your physiology. Then you throw your stress in there. Mm-hmm. Then you throw in, oh, you don't have a gallbladder. Then yeah. you throw in, uh, you know, all these other things about it that changes the equation way more than just oh. 15 units of, of carbohydrates is one one unit of insulin. Yeah, That's exactly. all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> so said differently, you know, that's some of the things you need to think about. So you had, how did you end up bolusing then for you? Because I, I, hearing what your thoughts were and having that thought process in my head, I definitely took a different strategy than you. Yeah. So how did you end up bolusing for the meal? Yeah, so like I said before, when I first started, I used to have to do a bigger delay now most of the times i just take it right when i eat the meal because it does gradually come up like you would normally see in a carbohydrate laden meal and so so i ended up taking it after the meal and but 
I took a little bit less because I knew we were about to go work out, so I knew my insulin sensitivity was going to jump up, while at the same time my insulin was going to be starting to activate in my system. Ah. And so I took a little bit less, which was a good thing because ultimately, by the time we got done warming up, it was already starting to drop a little bit. And I think that had a lot to do more so with the workout that we did last night than me bolusing too much for the meal. Yeah. Um, because I think my insulin sensitivity just jumped way up from having that high intensity workout because I don't do those high intensity workouts, or I haven't been doing those high intensity workouts um, for a long time now. So mm-hmm. having that big hit to my system um, last night, I think really affected my insulin sensitivity into today and this morning. So um, ultimately, I didn't need to take that much insulin mm. today. Yeah, I think your latter assessment is, is definitely more accurate. To have change insulin sensitivity while after a meal that's affecting your insulin dosage, that seems pretty, that seems hard to guess or even to even recognize when that change overnight is probably more true, right? Well, like when I do eat before workouts normally, like normally I take less because ultimately if I don't take less, I will drop low almost right right, right away. It's not insulin sensitivity more. Well, well you're bringing more sugar into the cells because mm-hmm. you're exercising. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily insulin sensitivity I guess it's more so right. you're u- utilizing more sugar sure. and therefore you don't need as much insulin yeah there's more glute 4 translocation yeah. and all that kind of stuff yeah. uh, where so you had that you explained what your thoughts were going into it for the workout where I heard that I'm not <laughs> as I've said in another episode my, my, my nutrition is kind of all over the place in terms of what I'm eating what I'm not I mean sometimes I do, end up doing bouts of fasting just because it's like I'm not stressed while well, I'm stressed but it's more I need to use my time for the work I'm doing mm-hmm. or that work in and other projects and so I have high carb days I have medium carb days higher protein in there you know whatever so sometimes fasting I think I had it for a snack I had a pound of sausage one day like this week like you know I'm literally all over the place yeah so I heard your assessment of what your current status is of carnivore and so what I, I did a square bolus with this with an insulin pump, uh, with a Medtronic insulin pump, and so I took the dosage of what would be worth thirty five ish carbs, and I did like three point five ish units for that big meal of all all that that beef, eggs, and, and turkey bacon, and I squared it over an hour and a half. I didn't duel it. I didn't give myself any then. I just said that amount of insulin over a period of time. And I was like 150, and then I stayed at 150 for a while, and then I kind of head down to 130 pretty much throughout the whole workout. Then after the workout, then I'm kind of started trending down towards the 80s. Um, so I didn't need any juice boxes during the workout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't need any of that kind of stuff. I just, I just did it. I didn't change my basal rates during the the workout. I didn't do change the basal rate before or afterwards. It was just that one square bolus, and with a high protein you know, higher fat meal like that, that ended up working out real well. Yeah. So, and now, uh, I, I literally did need to have the juice box at the start of bo- boxes up. Almost said it wrong again. Uh, <laughs> because I was around, you know, 70 yeah. uh, starting starting this recording. So, um, yeah, just the, fl- how flexible and fluid these situations are just depends drastically 
um, on, on I what mean, you're you, doing. Even just like in these two days, we've talked about a lot of different things well, you have to think about. Like you and I just like, uh, like just chit-chatting, you mean? Well, that and just in this podcast about like how last night's workout then affected what I'm going to do for bullishing for this, yeah. this morning's meal going into another workout. Because mm-hmm. now... I'm noticing that my insulin sensitivity just overall is much higher today because even after the workout, it was still kind of going down. Yeah. And so I had to drink another juice box after the workout. And so I think today and maybe even into tomorrow, either playing with my basil, like doing some temp basils. Yeah. Um, but if I, if you're like transitioning into, all right, I'm going to do more hit workouts because hey this did really well for my blood sugar mm-hmm. and i don't have to take as much insulin so i'm gonna transition into that well if that's gonna be the case i need to change my basal settings right because i don't want to be constantly fighting lows and constantly drinking sugar because ultimately drinking sugar yes it keeps me alive but at the same time not that great so i want to try and mitigate as much of that as can as i can and also it's just annoying trying to fight lows all the time mm-hmm. too Right, yeah, and there's so much. The more I, you know, spend my time as a diabetic, which is, the more I'm alive, <laughs> and uh, but the more I continue to just learn, read, uh, talk to other professionals, whatever, is the appreciating the dangers of a low. Hmm. I think it's healthy, especially as a diabetic, as type one, newly diagnosed, to push off those fears. Of hypoglycemia like hypoglycemia is a real danger especially if you're not diabetic it's like yeah. what the heck is going on like and the, the amount of damage and oxidative stress that that can cause is pretty pretty dramatic but when you're managing insulin i think it's unfair to put that amount of stress you're gonna get dementia Shit. if you have three low blood sugars in your life which isn't a real stat by yeah. the way i just they, anyways i think it's unfair to have that type of pressure when it's so easy to mess up your dosage, mm-hmm. so easy to work out too hard or not eat correctly or whatever it is, and you get your lows. Um, so, yeah, not being low is fun, especially also if you uh, are type 2 or, or whatever or type 1 and want to lose weight and want to do calorie restriction. You know, that's not really our forte, yours and I's. Yeah. But if you're equating that, you know, the more juice boxes you have, I mean, there's uh, hundreds. It says a big letters if i don't know why i couldn't find it uh numbers uh 100 calories in, in this juice box you know so that if you're doing something like that that could mess it up mm. so but you said change your basal rates right so that's something that i haven't done in a while probably since i lived in lived here in st louis i haven't really messed with my basal rates a whole yeah. lot uh like actual patterns you're talking about not just temple temp yeah temporary or temp basal rates you're talking about like the basal pattern one basal pattern two Mm -hmm. and this is what a lot of people end up doing or what we even suggested as well as what people do with uh carb counting and insulin sensitivity and like oh you're probably more sensitive in the morning versus at night or whatever and they have different modes that go in different calculations uh but for me i'm when it comes to the actual data i want to be so precise that and even just in this moment, talking to you right now, I want to have everything controlled. I'm like, all right, this was a good data day for this amount of sleep, this amount of activity. My blood sugar did this. This is a good thing. Good. This is a good data point 
like if I was actually doing a scientific experiment on myself mm-hmm. for adding that information to my brain to make a decision on the basal rates, right? Well, being just not changing it for like a year or so, uh, being type one, life keeps moving. The data might not always be clean. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you need to use bad data and know you're going to mess up. You might be higher or lower. And hopefully you can know that ahead of time and so you can act accordingly when it happens. But I just need to be less afraid of not having perfect data to make those decisions. Because when I have used that, it's that's how I've been able to figure it out. Like, oh, I was doing intermittent fasting for days, weeks, months. Clearly, I have had good data points to make those decisions mm-hmm. at that point. But if you're not, even if you're not doing these days, weeks, months, you should still try to figure out those patterns regardless. Yeah. Yeah, it really surprises me that you haven't changed your basal rates. Well, I, I've, I, I've like tweaked them, but I haven't yeah. like, all right, this is mode one. Like this is my regular every day. No, okay. This is in weekend. And then you go in weekend mode or fasting mode, yeah. right? You know, those, you can have those settings pre-programmed and I don't have those I just have my one setting that I tweak. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so that, I thought I, you meant like you've literally had the same no, no, basal no, rate no, for a year. No, no. And even that, uh, even that, you know, we're, uh, you know, chiropractors and I have a great relationship with my endocrinologist. He would still be pretty upset. Like, he respects the heck out of my, my understanding, but uh, he, he would be pretty upset with me if I didn't change my basal rates um, at all. But anyways, yeah, so I still do some changing around okay yeah that makes me feel better yeah <laughs> it is what it is yeah. but also you know you gotta look at seasons of your life too right yeah so this year and plus has been hard for a lot of people yeah literally most americans something we can all like yeah with that this this has been shitty yeah right so that being said with my this season in terms of my blood sugar has been not as dialed in and finding the balance within myself to try to find ways of dialing it in. Still, I would still consider myself a controlled diabetic, but it's not nearly as what it was when I was just going to classes in Cairo school, sitting every day, everything was so regular. Yeah. You know, figuring out the fluidity of it. I mean, I can, I now know enough to use the tools that we're talking about, but in terms of getting like great A1C and great blood levels and everything like that, uh, I'm not quite there. But as we say, you know, we just got to keep moving forward, yep. right? Yeah. So, keep learning, keep moving forward. Try, just keep trying to get better. Right. Ultimately. So, what's your blood sugar doing now after the workout? We and we haven't eaten after that bodybuilding type workout, yeah. right? So, what's your? Oh, yeah, have you even checked? When was the last time you checked? I checked it on the drive back, which okay. it was like seventy. Not while driving. No, I wasn't driving. But how, I'm sure have you? Oh yeah! Well oh yeah! <laughs> yeah, me too. It's important. <laughs> yeah, you got to make sure I'm dying while I'm driving. Yeah. Have you ever had low blood sugar while driving? Oh yeah, that's not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time when I was like 16 or 18 or something when I was had low blood sugar and I was driving. I was like, I will never do that again. All the time now. Not all the time, <laughs> but but it's a scary thing. Yeah. So, anyways, what was it while you were driving back? I wasn't driving. We, I was riding back. Right. And I was uh, 76, I think. 76? Yeah. Okay. And then you didn't end up having a juice box, so you think yeah. you're probably still constant? Yeah, I did have a juice box at that time. So oh, you did. I'm assuming it's it's higher now. People are invested. Let's find out. All right. All right. Where's my thingy? So, All right. Survey says? Survey says it was 161. Oh, 
damn it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> higher so, than I want, but at the same time. Um, but you had a juice box. Exactly, I had a juice you box. You had a whole juice box. I had a full juice box. Yeah. And this, is, this and, insane guy literally has half juice boxes. Yeah. Who the heck does that? Yeah, you don't need the full one. You just need a little bit. Anyways. <laughs> Get bumped up. Um, but yeah, um, ultimately, I am all right with that. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, oh crap, it's 161. Um, because at the same time, like we just talked about, I'm thinking my insulin sensitivity is pretty high. So I'm hoping that gives me a little bit of a buffer. So that way, if it does start to creep down again, then, you know, I have time to eat Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, do some sort of correction to, to get it back. But, uh, it'll be a good also kind of litmus test to see now that it has gone back up to 161 and I'm not working out anymore, not doing a lot of exercise. If it starts to creep back down, like the rest of the day, you mean? Yeah, then it kind of tells me, okay, yeah, my insulin sensitivity is higher now, and therefore, all right, I need to probably mess with my basal rates and and bring that down. Mm-hmm. Almost to put that in perspective, maybe let's say uh, you overbolus, right? And in terms of insulin sensitivity, just you have insulin in you, right? Yeah. Like so, it's already working. Mm-hmm. So you. You overbolus, you ate, you come crashing down. You're doing things. Then you eat a lot of food to correct it. Maybe too much, you would think. And you look at your CGM and uh, you see that you're spiking high, like 171, 81, 90. But if you don't do anything, so then you might make the mistake at that exact moment, depending on the patterns, to, to bolus, which would be a mistake. Because if you're sensitive and you're correcting low, this is what happens to me at, the, at work all the time. Sometimes I'll crash, I'll eat a lot. And then I'm just going, going, going. And then, so, yeah, I might get to 170, 180, almost like a, po- a normal glycemic or a normal person uh, spike. It'll get high, and then I'll quickly come back down without me doing any insulin. Yeah. So that's almost what you're describing. You're describing it. You're going to expect it. You, you were low. You had a juice box to come up, and then good test to see how your sensitivity is and comes back down without you even yeah. putting yourself in. Yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, 76 isn't that low. No. It's just barely low. But at the time, I'm like, okay, I had already drinking a juice box during the workout. That wasn't that long ago. So if I'm already low again, it's probably on the downslope, and so I'm probably dropping low. So right. this is going to catch it and then also bump it up higher. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully. We'll just see what happens later today. And... Um, See where my body's at. I'm 89, so so you win today. I win. <laughs> I win the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. It's never a competition. But uh, yeah, 160. It's it's amazing. I think I started talking about this on the on another episode that we did. It's amazing to me when people hear the word 160. If you're not diabetic, every diabetic will <laughs> understand, empathize. But <laughs> then the response is, "Holy oh, cow! You must be super high." And yeah. Like, Calm down. Yeah. Uh, but that even happens in the healthcare field. I'll be talking to other people who don't really deal with diabetes or, th- or they might think about type two diabetes yeah. and they just think about that number period, not how that number is in flux. Yeah. And like 160, like, oh my gosh. And then they try giving me advice. Oh, maybe you should do this. Well, I'm like, sit down. It's okay. Yeah. 160 is a perfectly great number for a type one. Yeah. And we got enough shit we're dealing with. Uh, to beat ourselves up to be 160 after a low. Yeah. I mean, we did two workouts in like 12 hours mm-hmm. or so. One was really intense, one was not as intense, and one was kind of fun. Yeah. Somehow two workouts turned to three. Yeah. 
The third I was talking about. Spike, spike ball. ball. Yeah. <laughs> so we got too much going on to beat ourselves up over that stuff, yeah. anyways. Right? Yeah. Plus, it's much. It's like our routine is way off as well, because like you did a lot of traveling. Yeah. You didn't even sleep in your own bed. No. Um, you know, our sleep schedule's off because we're hanging out and, and doing other things. And then yeah. diet's probably much different for you because you're eating more of what I'm eating because right. I'm just making food for you. Right. And um, so there's just a lot of a lot of chaos. And so to be able to get within somewhat of a good range, hey, that's a that's a success in my book. It's a win. Yeah. Because then there's the part of being diabetic where you got to enjoy life. Yeah. I mean, just enjoying being out side beautiful weekend like not thinking about your diabetes like there's this yin and yang there's this balance of really controlling your diabetes yeah and then there's just enjoying your life yeah because like you can't ignore either yeah you can't ignore either you can't just be like oh i'm gonna go out for a hike and not take anything with me because i just want to be free from my diabetes Mm -hmm. so if you crash low while you're hiking you better hope there's somebody else on that trail because you may not come back from it Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time like you do want to have just a monitor of it like a monitor of it but then don't let it control you like don't be fearful that you can't go on a hike because you are afraid you're going to drop low just prepare for it and and make those preparations to just make it easier Mm -hmm. yeah you're saying the uh but it sometimes makes those moments when you do say f your diabetes or i guess i can say fuck diabetes this is this is Juice boxes up, boxes up. I can say that bomb. (laughs) Um, But it almost makes those more special. Like when I run, I run, especially with longer distance, I run with a lot of things. I run with a fanny pack. My pockets are full. I got a whole lot of stuff going on. And when I can unplug, don't even bring headphones. I don't even bring my fanny pack. I take my pump off. I literally have nothing on me. It reminds me how beautiful it is just to be a human. Yeah. I mean, we're human, but man, this is the the anchor that I sometimes feel. And when you can take those special moments that's acceptable with your health that makes sense, those special moments when I can just run and be free is such a sweet feeling. Yeah. No diabetes pun intended. Yeah. You know, and so there's a time and place for that kind of action, but there's a time and place for bringing things with. And then it's like, let me, that's, if you prepare, you know, you Prepare to plan or plan to fail kind of thing. And if you bring those stuff with you on the hike example, you can have that in back. You don't even need to think about your diabetes anymore. You can be in the moment because you now have the assurance you've done what you need to do to take care of yourself. Yeah, and that's exactly kind of my mindset. Like, obviously, we differ very much on that (laughs) philosophy type of deal um, where, like, if I take my pump off for an extended period of time, I'm more stressed Mm -hmm. because I'm like, now I'm going to have to deal with well, the like, highs afterwards or the just the chaos afterwards. Would three miles well, for like 30 minutes be – like that would stress you out? Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. So like you don't take your pump off for like I a I will mile. say it will stress me out more so than it will relieve me wow. of any – It's know, like I look – okay, sorry. You, you were going on a good rant. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> You're good. Go on. Um, but yeah, like those moments of freedom – for me are more so when I am prepared and I have everything I need and I've done everything so that way I don't have to worry near as much about it versus like I'll say being somewhat reckless and and just kind of like throwing it from the by the wayside 
even though being in a short period of time it doesn't really affect you too much mm-hmm. like for me that's like uh, i'm just throwing more chaos into a chaotic system and that just kind of like puts more more mm-hmm. stress on me as far as like now i'm constantly thinking about what i have to do mm-hmm. after this whole event is over so that way i don't have to deal with a high blood sugar or a crashing low or whatever it is um so the less thought i have to put into planning the more free i feel so if i can prepare by bringing juice boxes or you know changing my basal rate or whatever it is to make things easier that's what i'm gonna do or keeping my pump on for a run or um, whatever it is um it just makes me feel better and therefore i don't have to think about the consequences as much wow you are literally the definition of discipline equals freedom (laughs) and i'm like the loose definition of discipline equals freedom (laughs) right on all right so burst my beta cells we haven't done this in a while right so um i'll go first because this has been on my mind and really irritating me you, you even texted me about this yes one. i kind of sent you a long text about it because mm. i just like needed to get it off my chest and he's like a one-word text guy yeah so you know when he texts like a big thing it's a big deal <laughs> yep it's important um <laughs> yeah so seeing all these posts on social media from other diabetics and diabetic accounts about um being able to eat whatever i want i just have to take insulin for it and more so like in like a rebellious attitude to like normal society thinking that you have to eat low carb or you can't eat certain things and therefore in an act of rebellion or act of freedom or whatever it is you say i can eat whatever i want and so you eat this like big donut or you eat this big piece of cake or ice cream Mm -hmm. or whatever it is and like post this proud post about eating whatever you want i just have to take insulin for it Man, that really bothers me. Gosh. Um, Like, it comes down to, like, what are your goals? Like, are you trying to be an advocate for your health? Or are you just wanting to eat like shit? Because, and it's not like you can't ever eat those things. Well, for me, I don't. But, um. (laughs) When was the last time you had a donut? At least six years ago. Wow. Six years, donut free. Go on. Yeah. Um, it's just like, it's not necessarily that you can't do those things and nobody should do, and nobody can't or can't do those things. It's more so like making it like a sense of pride. Like everybody should do this because you right. can do this. Like you shouldn't be brought down by the man, even though in this scenario the man doesn't exist because nobody's bringing you down. It's just like, what is better for your health? Is it better for your health to eat better food? Because this doesn't even really have a lot to do with diabetes in gen- like specifically. It does a little bit because that does affect your blood sugar a lot. But at the same time, like eating a donut isn't good for anybody's blood sugar. So why are we trying to make it like a good thing to have this rebellious act to eat this crappy food just because, oh, I can eat it because... You know, I can just take insulin for it and it's mm. going to be okay. I just, it just bothers me to my core because mm. one, it's just very unhealthy, very inflammatory. It's going to send, just put a lot of chaos into the system because in those things you have a lot of sugar, a lot of carbohydrates. 
You also have a lot of fats, and a lot of bad fats in those things. And ultimately, that's going to put a lot of stress, a lot of inflammation on your system. And therefore, it can impact your blood sugar not only in the moment, but then through maybe a day, two days. For me, I've told this story a lot with pizza. Like, mm. the last time I had pizza, that thing, that affected me for an entire week. Both my blood sugar and just how I felt. Mm-hmm. And so to just like champion that movement, it just really bothers me because ultimately it's not a it it's not about your health. It becomes more about like this rebellious, you know, mindset of like, oh, mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want because right. I can just take insulin for it. It's not like it's more so I would much rather prefer people to say I want to choose this better food because it just makes everything so much easier for me, makes my health better, makes me feel better. And it ultimately, like we just talked about, for me, it makes me feel a lot more free from my diabetes when I don't have to worry about all this chaos and I'm constantly fighting highs or I'm constantly fighting lows. When my blood sugar is nice and stable, I can live my life. I can live my life the way I want it to. I don't have to think about it near as much and I can just live my life. Right. Whereas if I have a crappy food, now I have to compensate for those consequences after that meal, the rest of that day, maybe even into the next day, because of that one decision. And if that one decision is based off of just somebody else's you know, societal pressure to you, like you, you feel like you want to eat that just because somebody said, oh, you should, you, you're diabetic, can you eat that? that's irregardless like you shouldn't eat that either even though you're not diabetic <laughs> so yeah i don't know if i articulated it very well because i'm just like heated no, up right now that's great um, well, it ends up being a a could versus should yeah right and, and people then instead of focusing on could versus should with themselves they're focusing on the restriction that somebody else is viewing them then it's then a point of that person is valuing somebody else's opinion of them more than they do their own healthcare decisions, yeah. right? So that's that's where it comes from, and mm-hmm. I, so I agree with you. I agree your set with your sentiment. I can see the other argument. Ultimately, I still will back you up because yeah. that's what I agree with too. Um, I'm not a fan of those posts either, and those that communication as well. Now you can just take insulin for whatever you want, but but so I I, I totally get where somebody's coming from. When, because especially when you're first diagnosed, it can feel like there's so many no's, so mm-hmm. many restrictions. But until you start claiming your health back in your life, then you're gonna think only about what you can't do, opposed to what you can. Yeah, you know. And so if you're only thinking about what you can't do, you're gonna have that rebellious attitude versus what you can do. And said, yeah, I, I could eat it. I'm not going to eat yeah. it, but I could eat it. Mm-hmm. You know, and. And then some, I don't know. So I, I, I get it for sure. So I'm right there with you with that one. In a similar way, my burst, my beta cells is, is about motivation in, in a similar way. And, you know, this was, uh, I'm thinking about this week who I had a interaction with one of my chiropractic patients. And he was asking me, I was telling about some of the nutrition stuff that I do with some other people. And he was like, oh, what got you into nutrition? And I said, oh, I'm type 1 diabetic, show my pump in my pocket. And he's like, whoa. And he's like, okay. And then he, he tell we talked about him being diabetic for a while. He's like, man, I really need to get on that. I was like, at that moment, I know he wasn't ready, right? And so there's something called motivational interviewing tactics and all those old type of things to help patients 
make the right decisions and help them realize what they should and want to do. Um, but if somebody isn't going to change, especially with nutrition, yeah. not, you're not, you can't push them to do it. And so he's like, oh, I should. And I was like, well, what's stopping you? And he talked about it. He's like, well, I'm just, I'm just preparing for it. But that's something I should do. And in my mind, I'm like, I, well, in that whole interaction, I was calm. I was like, I was allowing them. I was guiding them. And, you know, still pleasant exchange. But in my head, I'm like, you're not going to, you're not going to freaking change. You know, you're, you don't have the connection. You don't have the why. You don't have the reason to change. Yeah. Um, even though being diabetic should be enough of it, yeah. But it's it, it can be hard, and this is for a type two diabetic, so it's a little different, right? Mm-hmm. But whenever you a type one talks to a type two, uh, there, there's still this level of connection, mm-hmm. regardless. But in my mind, I wish I could have just been like, "Why don't you see? Yeah, like you should be able to see the value of your health and make these decisions." Mm-hmm. So that was what was versus my beta cells this week was, you know, not being able to somebody who really needed to change their diabetes in their life, um, but was just had no interest in. Yeah. And I just wish I could flip the switch for, for them, but they got it. You got to take that step yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to say, this is why I'm doing it and screw it. Fuck it. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Let's get this going. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time with that too, as far as like, what can I say or what can I educate them about that may help it like click for them? Yeah. To be like finally like make that shift to get them over the hump to ma- finally start making changes. And ultimately, like it's different for everybody, and so that's why it's so hard to like motivate somebody yeah. or like get them inspire them to mm-hmm. to make a change. Um, but yeah, and then like the connection between you know type ones and type twos is a very interesting one because like there is like a sense of connection and somewhat of community, but then there's also some like animosity as well because you have like type ones that really in very few cases there's you know a reversal of that and so like with type ones it's like almost like a life sentence to where versus type two it's you know looked at as more of a lifestyle thing and it can be greatly impacted by lifestyle put it that way and therefore if you can make that change and have the ability to make that change like as type ones, it's, there's a lot of jealousy there. Yeah. Like if yep. me as a type one, I'm like, man, I wish my problems were type two because then I could just, you know, grind it out and try and make that change. Mm-hmm. Versus you know, type one, you're kind of kind of stuck there. You're right. Wow, uh, I would agree. So everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of the Diabetes Podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, uh, please uh, share it. Uh, share it to your friends, family, whether they're diabetic or not. Uh, let us know what you thought. Uh, send us a message. Send us an email. Interact with us. Uh, we love, you know, especially as more people are starting to listen, uh, we love interacting uh, with everyone else. Um, tell us how you your blood sugars are affected with uh, certain types of workouts, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Diabetes Podcast. See you. so much for listening to today's episode if you found value in today's conversation we would appreciate if you gave a five-star review it really helps us branch out our community and get our message across to those who really need to hear it if you want to interact with us on social media you can follow us on the die buddies podcast on facebook twitter and instagram or if you have any questions comments concerns or moral outrages 
you can email us at thedibuddiespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks.